Lord, we come before you now. We thank you for this kids service. We thank you for the opportunity to learn about missions and how you send people around the world to preach the gospel. And Lord, I pray that you would open hearts now and that you would work in hearts that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, that they would understand their need for you and be saved. And Lord, pray that if there's hearts that you're working in now that you're going to call, Lord, that you would continue to work and you would speak clearly to each of our hearts and let us know what it is exactly that you want us to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, our Bible lesson comes straight from, guess where? The Bible. Okay, that's pretty obvious, right? That a Bible lesson would come from the Bible. But this Bible lesson is a really special Bible lesson to me. It's the story, the account rather, of the first foreign missionary. Up to this point, God would call a missionary and his job was to stay in his home country and to preach the gospel to his own people. He would teach his people when they were sinning against him, God would call a prophet to preach to the people of Israel and to the southern kingdom now of Judah, because Israel, God's people, had split into two nations. Well, one of these prophets that was called, like back then they called them prophets. Today we would call them a preacher. They were men who preached God's word. They didn't just foretell the future, but they preached God's word, what God was saying to his people. Well, there was a man who was called to be a preacher to the northern kingdom of Israel. Now, this preacher, he had a job. We read about him in 2 Kings chapter 14. His name was Jonah. What was his name? Jonah. In the New Testament, he's called Jonas, but it's the same man, Jonah. And Jonah, his name in Hebrew meant dove. It was the Hebrew word for dove. And this dove, his job was to preach to God's people in the northern kingdom of Israel. And you know, God still does that today. God still calls men to preach. God will call men to be pastors, some to be evangelists, some to be Bible teachers, but God still calls men today. When I was 16 years old, God began to work in my heart that I needed to be a preacher, and I was scared to death. I thought, I can't preach. I don't know what to say. I cannot be a preacher. I can't be a missionary. I don't want to be a pastor. That's what I told God. I didn't want to do that one. I was volunteering for a whole bunch of other stuff. From the time I was about six years old, I wanted to be a missionary to the Philippines, but I didn't want to be a preacher, which you kind of need to be if you're going to be a good missionary. But anyway, um, I didn't want to preach, and I told God I wouldn't know what to say. Well, one day I almost died, literally. I was standing in our kitchen, and all of a sudden, everything looked funny, and I couldn't see anymore. And the next thing I knew, I was waking up on the floor. My parents were screaming at me, and they were talking to 911, and the paramedics came, and I went to the hospital. And that night, I got home, and I wouldn't go and sleep in my, my room because my brother slept so hard. I knew if I had another seizure, my brother would never hear so I went and slept beside my sister's bed on the floor beside her bed. That way she would wake up and save me if I had another seizure. I don't know what she was going to do, but that made me feel better. And I was laying there that night and I couldn't go to sleep and I couldn't go to sleep. And I heard the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart and I knew God was telling me he wanted me to be a preacher. And I said, but God, I wouldn't know what to say. And God said, I gave you something today. 
Are you more afraid of people or are you more fearful of me? And I realized that, hey, I needed to fear God, not anybody else. And I started reading in my Bible in Jeremiah, and God said, be not afraid of their faces. And that's what I was scared of. I was scared to get behind the pulpit and look down to people. And God said, don't be scared. I'll put my words in your mouth. Well, a few weeks later, I preached my first sermon, and it was on fearing God. And I preached for 45 minutes, the most boring sermon of my life ever. It was horrible. But nonetheless, I had preached my first sermon. God had called me and God gave me something to preach. And he always has ever since. But you know, God also calls people to be missionaries. And sometimes those missionaries are in our own neighborhoods. They're on our own streets. But sometimes God calls missionaries to go to foreign countries. Well, one day God spoke to this man, Jonah, who was a preacher to his own people. And God told him to go to the faraway country of Assyria to preach in the city of Nineveh. In the city of Nineveh. Now, this was far away. It would take him days to walk there. He was supposed to go preach in a foreign country. Nobody had done that before. God would call prophets. He would call preachers, but they stayed at home. And if somebody from a different country wanted to come and hear the gospel, like the queen of Sheba, she would have to travel all the way from Africa and come up to Israel. But now God is telling someone, one of the preachers in Israel to go to a foreign country. Well, brother Jonah, he didn't think this was a good idea. God was calling him to go somewhere else. These people would speak a different language. These people were mean people. Maybe they had weird food. I, they probably did compared to what Brother Jonah was used to. Did you know God still calls people to go to foreign mission fields sometimes? In fact, I used to know a lady before she died. Her name was Latrell Bateman. And this is a book that was written about her. The title of the book is The Girl with the Missionary Heart. And it's called that because when she was a little girl, she felt God speak to her heart. And God told her he wanted her to be a missionary to Chinese people. So she started doing what she could to try to prepare. Well, she was a white girl from Lubbock, Texas. And she thought, I wouldn't fit in in China. So she started trying to figure out, what can I do to make myself look more Chinese? So she would, she would go to bed at night. She would get scotch tape and she would pull her eyes back. Well, I've seen pictures of her. And then I met her when she was very old. I met her and she actually looked Chinese. Well, one day, um, a, her pastor's son there in Lubbock went to a Bible college in Jacksonville, Texas. That's where my dad went to seminary at the same school. And he went to school there and he met a man from China. And he wrote her a letter and said, I have found you a real Chinese man that can teach you how to speak Chinese so you can go to the mission field. So the next year, she enrolled in college in Jacksonville. And she met this Chinese-speaking man who was going to go back. And he was actually going to go to Formosa, which is now called Taiwan, to be a missionary. And well, they started talking about speaking Chinese and stuff, and they fell in love. And about three years later, they went together to Taiwan to be great missionaries. But as a 13-year-old girl, God had called her to be a missionary. There's a story here called Mary Slester. Any of you ever heard this story? It's one of the Bible Club stories that we use. 
in the summers, I had a friend who, I have a friend who, when she was about, um, I think it was four years old, was it, Laura, that Katie heard this um, at a Bible club, and the teacher was teaching the story of Mary Slessor. And Katie was sitting there, a homeschool little girl, and God called her right there. She knew as a little bitty girl that she would be a missionary when she grew up. So she surrendered to be a missionary right there in the Bible club, and she didn't tell anybody. Well, when she grew up and she became a young woman, she went to her mom and dad and said, mom and dad, God has called me to be a missionary, a foreign missionary. And I think God wants me to go to Vanuatu. And they said, well, honey, you have to get married first because we don't believe girls should be missionaries. And so you can't go to the mission field until you get married. They said, but go talk to pastor. Well, their pastor was S.M. Davis. So they went to, she went to Pastor Davis. She said, Pastor Davis, God called me when I was four years old to go to the mission field, and I believe I need to go to the mission field. And he said, oh, no, we don't send girls to the mission field by themselves. I won't send you. Our church won't send you to the mission field. Well, Pastor Davis started praying about it, and her mom and dad started praying about it, and they finally went to her and said, if God is calling you, He's telling us to send you. So she went and learned at a, um, how to translate the Bible. And she went to Vanuatu. And within about five weeks, she had learned the trade language of the country. In another few weeks, she had learned a local dialect in a tribe back in the jungle. And then she gathered up a group of people. Some of them were pastors. And she began to teach them how to translate. And so she took the scriptures and began to translate the Bible. And she has all kinds of wild stories about going back into the jungle at night. One time she was in this village and she heard that this chief from another village wanted to get her and wanted to hurt her. And so she had to get back to her home base. But it was late at night and the weather was bad and she had malaria. And she got so weak as she was going through the jungle by herself, she started praying, asking God to help her. And at one point, she was trying to go around the village where the bad chief was. And as she was going around, she got so weak, she couldn't walk anymore. So she's crawling through the jungle, and then she slipped down the side of a cliff. And she's praying, asking God to help her, and she crawls, and she finally crawls back up the cliff and makes it all the way back. She got so sick, they sent her back to America to recover, and they finished the translation of the Bible after she got back. She got better, and God sent her to India to teach at a Bible college, and they had hundreds of preachers that would come to hear her explain how to translate the Bible into their local dialects. And one of those preachers, she fell in love with, and he fell in love with her. And now they're married, and she's a pastor's wife in India. And she came from Illinois here. God called her to be a missionary when she was four years old. You know what? I believe God still does that today. God speaks to hearts, and God calls people to serve him. Well, Jonah got this call, and he didn't like the idea. He did not want to go to dirty old Nineveh because you see the people in Nineveh were wicked. They lived in a really big, in the, in the capital city there of Nineveh, it was so big, it would take him three days once he got there to walk across the city from one side to the other, preaching to them that they needed to repent. And it would take him three days to get across. There were so many people here, but these people were mean and they were wicked. They had a powerful king, this powerful king. He was known for having great influence, great wealth. He even sent men to Africa to get lions for him. 
And you see this etching from the walls in Nineveh. He had lions. They would go catch these lions in Africa. They would bring them back and he would keep them in pits. And every once in a while, he'd say, I want to go lion hunting. He wanted to fill all macho, you know. So they'd go and they'd, catch, they'd get one of the lions and they'd let a lion go. And he'd go on a mighty lion hunt. And he'd go out and he'd kill lions. And anyway, he felt real tough killing lions. But these people worshiped false gods. And they were known for their cruelty. They were known for beating people and hurting people and killing people. And in fact, the picture here of them beating these people, that was actually on a carved on the palace wall. That's what they did for their art. If you went and slept in the palace, they'd say, oh, we're going to put you in the head chopping off room or wherever. And you would sleep in the room and there are carvings on the walls of them beating people. Isn't that exciting? They thought it was exciting. These were some mean people. So you can see why brother Jonah didn't want to go there. They just might beat him up and they just might hurt him. All he was looking at is how sinful they were. In fact, we can agree with that. Romans 3.23, read it with me. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, he saw those people as far more wicked than the people of Israel. But the people of Israel were wicked. They had turned away from God. They had wicked worship. A lot of the people in his country were worshiping golden cow, calves again, like the children of Israel had when they came out of the wilderness, out of Egypt. And so his people were sinners too. Every single one of us are sinners. But what brother Jonah did not have was the heart of God. Because in John 3, 16 and 17, it says, for God, read it with me, for God so loved the world. So would that be Nineveh too? Yep, he loved everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, that whosoever believeth in him, that's anybody, should not perish. We wouldn't have to go to hell, but have everlasting life. We'd get to go to heaven to live with God. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Might be saved. God also said, Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth or he showed his love toward us and that while we were yet nice people, good people, Israelites, no, he said in that while we were yet sinners, what did Christ do for us? Christ died for us. You see, the heart of God was that he didn't want just Jews to know his message. He wanted the whole world to hear his message. And about 800 years before Jesus gave the great commission for his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel, he told one of his prophets in the Northern Kingdom, he told brother Jonah, he said, I want you to go into the world. You go to Nineveh and preach to them. But brother Jonah, all he saw was their sinfulness. And so he said, I want to get away from these people because he said in Jonah chapter four, Jonah said, I know that you're a loving God and that you will show mercy and you'll forgive. So Jonah said, if I go and I preach to them, God will probably forgive them. And I want them to all die and go to hell. So I'm not going to go preach to them. You see, Jonah had a hard heart. He did not have a heart of love for these people that God loved. So he got on a boat and he was going to go to Tarshish. That was the furthest city away that they knew of back then. So it'd be like today saying, I'm going to go to Timbuktu, which is actually a little place in Saudi Arabia or somewhere in the middle of a desert. 
there's this little place called Timbuktu. And that would be like today saying, I'm going to go to Timbuktu because there's not many people. Or maybe we'd say, I'm going to go to Antarctica because then I can talk to penguins and I don't have to preach to people. Well, that was the attitude of Brother Jonah. But the problem was he went and he found a boat that would take him to Joppa. And so, or Tarshish rather. So he goes down to Joppa, he gets on a boat and they start going along, but it's not very long. And the Bible says that God sent a great wind, a great storm came up and it got so bad that they were going to sink. The ship was going to sink. So they start throwing stuff overboard and they're trying to figure out what's happening. Who are we being punished for? Somebody on this boat, these, these sailors believed was being punished. Their God was punishing them. So they started casting lots to see who it was. Well, the lot fell on Jonah. And they said, Jonah, what are you doing? And Jonah said, well, and so he told them what was happening, how he's running from his God. And um, finally he says, you're just gonna have to throw me overboard if you're all gonna survive. Well, what did they do? They finally throw Jonah overboard. They throw him in the water and no sooner does he get in the water than a big whale comes along and boom, swallows him up. Well, Jonah is stuck in the belly of this well for three days and three nights, Jesus said. And he's in the belly of this well and it has to be stinky in there. I mean, there's rotting fish that the, the, that the, the whale is digesting. So he's in there with these stinky, rotting, dead and dying fish. And his skin's starting to sting, I'm sure, from all of the stomach acid in this whale. And he's in here, and as he is in here, he begins to confess his sin to God. And it says that in, in Jonah chapter 2, it says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my, heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. Anyway, he goes on talking about how bad it was down there. But as he comes to the end, he finally surrenders. He finally gives up and decides he's going to obey God. And then at the very end, he makes a statement at the end of his prayer. Listen to the last thing he said. He said, salvation is of the Lord. Who gives salvation? The Lord. Who is going to give salvation to Jonah? The Lord. And who is going to give salvation to the people of Nineveh? It's the Lord. He's the one who gives salvation because 1 Corinthians 15, 3 says, Christ died for our sins. Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins. Acts 16, 31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I don't give salvation. You don't give salvation. We just tell people about it, but it's God that gives salvation. And so finally, Jonah acknowledges God is the savior. I'm going to surrender and do what he says. Well, the Bible says that God made the whale throw up. And the whale puked up Brother Jonah. He had to have been very disgusting. But he got up that day and God told him again to go to Nineveh and preach. So Brother Jonah got up and he starts walking to Nineveh. Well, he gets to the city of Nineveh and he goes in to preach. And for three days he walks and preaches. 
and walks and preaches. And his message was very simple. Read it with me. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. It's that short. Yet in 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So can you imagine? He walks in the first day. He walks up and there's people out in the street. And he walks up and he says, in 40 days, Nineveh shall be overthrown. They're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got big walls. I mean, we're, this is a powerful place. We're not scared. Who is this crazy Jew talking to us? And he stinks. Well, this guy stinks. And he's walking through. And it's interesting because the people of Nineveh worshipped a fish god. Yeah, they did. They worshipped a fish. Well, now there's a preacher walking through telling them they're going to be destroyed that just got puked out of a fish. And that may have been part of what started scaring the people. Because now this preacher is telling us it's going to be overthrown. Well, what was he preaching? He was preaching the same thing that Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin. What we deserve for our sin is what? Death. We deserve death for our sin. And so he's preaching to these people that they're going to be punished. Your city's about to be destroyed. Your nation, you're going to lose it in how many days? 40 days, so for three days, he preaches about this, and the people listen. And it's not long before word gets to the king. Well, when the king heard the message, it scared him. And the king got so scared, this powerful king that liked to, fight, to, liked to hunt lions, that enjoyed going to other countries and torturing people, that killed for fun, he's scared because he knows he deserves to be punished. And so this king takes off his royal garments and he put on sackcloth. And he got down on his knees and he began to pray and beg God to deliver them. They begin to sit in ashes and he gives a decree for his people. Everyone is to put on sackcloth. Everyone is to beg God for mercy. No, don't even let your animals eat. Everyone, even the animals need to fast and quit eating. And maybe God will show mercy on us. So all the people begin weeping and they begin begging God to deliver them. They begin to beg God to have mercy on them. And one by one, the people begged. And one by one, they pleaded with God to have mercy. What does Romans 10, 13 say? Let's read it together. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Does that say whichever Jews call on the name of the Lord shall be saved? No. What does it say? Whosoever. What does whosoever mean? That means anybody. Anybody who calls in the name of the Lord, even the Ninevites, if they call upon the name of the Lord, would be saved. Well, sure enough, God forgives them. Brother Jonah, he went and sat up on a hill, though. He was waiting to see what was going to happen. He was hoping that God wasn't going to forgive them. Can you imagine? You preach to a huge city like this, and everyone starts repenting. And you're mad. 
You know, it's like the preacher, he gets up on Sunday morning, he preaches, and then during the invitation, a whole bunch of people come forward, and they're crying, and they're getting right with God, and they're asking each other to forgive them, and there's a revival happening, and instead of the preacher getting excited, he gets mad. Man, I wish this wouldn't have happened. (laughs) He goes to his car, and he gets in the car, and he starts going down the road, and Mrs. Hubby starts fussing at him. No, 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 you should not complain. Do you think Pastor Hubby would do that? No, if that happened, Pastor Evie would get all excited and he'd get in the car and he wouldn't complain for a month. Why? He would be so happy. But not Brother Jonah. He's mad. And so he goes up and he sits on the hill and he gives himself a good spot. (laughs) He is going to watch it. He doesn't know how they're going to get wiped out, but he's going to have a front row seat and he's going to see it happen. And so he sits up there on the hill and he makes himself a little booth. He makes himself a little hut so he can sit in the shade. And then while he was sleeping, God prepared a gourd. This plant came up and it had a big leaves over it. And it gave a nice little shade for brother Jonah to sit in as he watched Nineveh get destroyed. But then a worm came and the God said, the Bible says that God prepared a worm. God sent that worm to eat the plant. And it started eating the plant and the plant wilted and died. And a strong wind came and blew the whole thing down. And brother Jonah got mad. He got so angry. And the book of Jonah ends with a question. God asked Jonah a question. He says, do you really have a right? Is basically what he was saying. Do you have a right to get angry over a plant that dies that you did not grow. You see, Brother Jonah had done nothing to grow that plant, but when it died, he got mad. What was God's point? God's point was, here I have created this people, this people Nineveh. Yes, they are wicked. Yes, they have sinned, but I created them, even the little bitty kids. And he talks about how many little bitty kids there were. And let's see, what does he say here? And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left? That is 120,000. Is that what he said? Six score thousand persons. He's talking about the little kids that don't know their right hand from their left hand yet. He said, you want me to destroy all those little kids? And Brother Jonah, that's what he was wanting. He said, plus their cattle, all their animals? God's point is, I created those people of Nineveh. I can forgive them if I want to. And you see, Brother Jonah's whole problem was, he did not have the heart of God. He was mad at those Assyrians. The Assyrians would constantly come down and invade the small villages around northern Israel. Probably had invaded at some point in his life, his village. Maybe they had hurt his sister. Maybe they had hurt his mom. Maybe they had killed or tortured some of his family members. Maybe that's why he hated the Ninevites so much. But whatever the case was, God loved them. And he wanted to forgive them. He wanted to show mercy to them. But Brother Jonah didn't understand that. But God wants you and I to love the world. You know what? Sometimes it's hard to love people, isn't it? If somebody's mean, if somebody's cruel, if somebody picks on you when you're out playing at the playground, 
Maybe one of your neighbor kids are mean to you. God wants you to forgive them. And God wants you to love them. And on days where you can't love them, you have to ask God, would you love them through me? God, help me love them. Well, God was showing mercy to these people. Why? Because let's read it together again. Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you've never done that before, you can put your faith in Jesus today. Jesus died on the cross and was buried and rose again three days later to save you from your sin. Read it with me. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, what's this? A little kid holding a what? Yeah, holding, holding earth, holding a globe. So my question for you is, Jesus and the Great Commission that we memorized at the beginning, can we say it together? Matthew 19, go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. God has given us the responsibility as the church to take the gospel to the world. But some of you, he may be calling to specific places or to specific people groups. So if God is calling you, I challenge you to be like that little girl I talked about earlier, Katie. Uh, sorry, not Katie, that's her sister, Michelle. Um, or like Mrs. Bateman or Mr. Bateman, to give your heart to God and say, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. So as we end, let's sing this song here one more time. Let's all stand together and sing, Here am I, Lord, send me.